Welcome to the Filament Games Podcast, a show dedicated to game-based learning. Here are your hosts, Brandon Pitzer and Dan Norton. All right. So, uh, let's talk about Crashlands. Oh, let's sure. Just, let's just talk about it, because I got to get it out of my system. Yeah, so uh, uh, Brandon tipped me off to a new game uh, earlier this week called Crashlands. Is the game itself new, or is it new to us? It's pretty new. Okay. It's pretty new. All right. I don't, uh, let me do some diligence here while you keep talking. Yeah, because I'm... You know, these days it's so hard to tell. Brandon also got me onto Freelancer, which is an obviously not new game. Yeah, but, that's from 2003. But, but new to me. Um, and uh, yeah, so Crashlands is a... It's like late January. Late January. That's new. Yeah, that's, that's new. new. That yeah. is minty fresh. It's fresh. Yeah. Um, I think... Oh, here, I'll describe my... I'll describe the game, Brandon, and you can tell me and our viewers why you got so excited about it. All right. So uh, Crashlands is a exploration crafting game. So it has an open world, you know, kind of a, a don't starve-ish kind of top-down cruise around the world, murder things for pieces of them, which you can assemble into more things. And, you know, a, a, a never-ending crafting treadmill, as far as I can say. Um mm-hmm. It's got really enjoyable writing, which goes a long way for me. It's like the writing is funny. Yep. And uh, the quests you get are enjoyable. Uh, and uh, the art is really nice. It's a very pretty game. And uh, yeah, in terms of mobile experience, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Yeah. And that's, I mean, for me, you know, th- there's a few things that I really enjoyed about it. I mean, you know, that are kind of inherent to its mobileness uh for one thing it's got this kind of platform agnostic well in terms of like you save to the the butterscotch cloud mm-hmm. so this is developed by a studio named butterscotch shenanigans right based in st louis right um incidentally have their own their own podcast called coffee with butterscotch that i have not listened to but i'm sure it is i bet you it's <laughs> of good tremendous quality i don't want to just say outright that it's probably better than ours but but, but it might be. It might be. It might be. <laughs> They're very good writers. They which, are. which bodes well for the quality. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We're, whereas we're thoroughly mediocre. Yeah. Writers. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, the the you save it to their kind of cloud platform, and then you can access that same save whether you're on your iPad or your iPhone or Steam. Uh, so you can never, you don't ever have to stop playing. You can be playing. Literally, I could play right now. Wow! Just check out of this podcast. Just all goes into the butt. It's yeah, amazing. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Callback. Yeah, continuity. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Especially that specific continuity. That's the best one. Yeah. Um, so the other thing mm-hmm. that I really liked about Crashlands um, was that the interface is just so seamless and mm-hmm. intuitive. Like, it's not kludgy at all in mm-hmm. terms of how you interact with the game. So I will actually, um, I'm going to shade Terraria a little bit. I love Terraria, don't get me wrong. Um, but, like, when you're actually playing that game, the act of switching between tools and interacting with the really minute features, like, of the pixely art of that game, is actually, like, really cumbersome and not enjoyable as a touch platform experience at all. But uh, you but eviscerated that game, my friend. A little bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's bleeding it's on the brutal. ground. Um, but 
by comparison, Crashlands actually just kind of intelligently serves up whatever tool you need to interact with whatever node, whatever resource node that you're that you're currently harvesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know if you're attacking something, just your weapon pops into your hand, and it's it's all kind of. Uh, driven it's all contextually driven mm-hmm. uh which i really appreciated and it, it makes it just so much more enjoyable to play um in my opinion just like the the real i mean the lightest amount of menu navigation is going on in that game for mm-hmm. for a game that is so heavy on crafting the yeah the way that they've minimized the menu interaction that you've got to do is super impressive mm-hmm. so yeah yeah, I like about it. that game. It's nice to have such a nice sense of exploration that works on a mobile device. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm on. I forget. So I the, the I have an iPad that is from that kind of sketchy era of iPad releases where they were naming them ambiguous, like confusing things. Mm-hmm. So it's I think it's the four or the well, three. I was gonna say that's pretty unambiguous. They probably... did, but they weren't calling it that at the time. Oh. They were calling it like the new iPad, and then oh. there's like the new iPad, iPad Ultra, to Ultra Deluxe. Yeah, the Ultra Slim Light. Yeah, Menthol. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> iPad. Um, Mentholated. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, so I don't know exactly which one it is, but uh, it does. There's a few moments where the frame rate will drop a little bit, so like you can tell that it's a it's it's a pretty powerful mm-hmm. game. It's it's mm-hmm. pretty high fidelity. It plays actually better on my iPhone, but that's because I have like the kind of current gen iPhone and then right. I think just the resolution being smaller kind of mitigates that. So. Right. So yeah, but this sort of brings me the, the to the to the topic of mobile games in general because we've we've talked about this on the show before yeah you know at length yeah and uh, you know could this be it have we have we finished the quest have we finished the quest of a game a, that we feel is worth playing <laughs> yes. on mobile oh there's been I mean yeah there's been other good ones right there's like eighty days and I've mm. been playing a bad one called Dungeon Boss which I enjoy quite a bit despite it being tell me about Dungeon Boss oh it's uh it's <laughs> You have a stable of little uh, pleasingly drawn heroes, which you grind through their levels uh, uh, as you gain levels yourself, and you tackle more and more dungeons with them, and you go raid other other players' dungeons. Um, also has good writing. There's some very cute, clever writing in that game, right. um, and Fair the art's enough. very nice. Okay. Um, I've definitely hit a plateau. I'm like uh, I think the max level is 60 and I'm at like 52 or something and mm. it's just become apparent to me now that unless I'm willing to throw down like roughly $30 at a time, I'm never going to see any meaningful advancement for my characters. Have you thrown down any other money in the Oh game? sure, I've oh. probably given them 40, 50 bucks by now All just right. for for things along the way, but the okay. the treadmill has these are triple A elongated spending optics. Yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm willing to be a whale if, ne- if necessary. Fair enough. You know, fair enough. Like I don't, I don't mind throwing down money for a game that I'm enjoying, and I was enjoying it. But yeah. now uh, the reward metrics have thinned so far down that, mm. like, I can. Uh, one example is so your your characters can ascend like twice. Okay, which gives them new abilities. I see. And one of the characters I have is one of the harder to get characters. Uh, 
and I was interested in ascending it and, the, and a special offer arrived right yeah. in, the, in the special offer button right and it's only it's only for a limited time Brandon right and I looked at this oh, that's offer urgent that's an urgent it was situation. urgent right yeah they're gonna run out of the pieces that they're selling me <laughs> um, and I looked at the offer and the offer um, it, was, it was 30 bucks and it actually did not give me enough of the items to actually level my character it was insufficient so I was like I'm gonna give you $30 for actually nothing just just the moving of several bars Ugh. closer to a transition and it makes me sad that someone out there is like yes that's a good idea I'll buy that <laughs> right that's a, that's a bummer <laughs> well, aren't uh, you that person I'm not that person <laughs> oh you didn't buy it I did not buy okay. that that was the <laughs> that was the moment where I realized that the treadmill had run out for me I see I was like this is not this is no longer fun uh, the incline was too steep yeah and cause then I I also knew that that $30 also in turn represented probably a month or two of regular play then. Right. And I was like, oh boy. It's a lot of time. I don't know if I want to tap on this every morning for the next two months to get the equivalent of almost making progress. Yeah, and that, you know, I find that the that that kind of tends to be the problem with mobile games is because, because of the kind of limitation of the platform. Mm-hmm. They tend to be much smaller and so the depth that you find is usually through repetition. Yeah. Like that's how they kind of extend the gameplay mm-hmm. is have you do things repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, that's not going on with Crashlands, but um, I've definitely played games where I was just like, man, this is this is arduous. Yeah. Um, but you know that that doesn't take away from the fact that, um, and I'm gonna drop I'm gonna drop a stat on you. Okay, I'm ready. This is a this is a stat from our our marketing research team. All right. By the name of Shanahan Incorporated. Oh. Um, the best Shanahan. Actually, I don't know if they are incorporated or not, but um might be an LLC. Yeah. But games and generally... Oh, sorry. Actually, she should be an S-Corp, right? Like, because <laughs> she's Cat Shanahan. Cat, uh, a is Shanahan that, Corp. Is that... I don't know what an S-Corp but, is. I don't know. It's one of the tedious ways that you can incorporate. Oh. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. And because her name starts with an S. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Spinning gold today. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Every podcast has at least a brief moment of Cat Shanahan speculation. I think that's that's like that's how it goes. The readers, you know, oh, they're Uh, not readers. The the listeners, they we've called them viewers. The viewers. I'm gonna go with readers. Yeah, yeah. Our readers love it. They demand it. Let's just make sure we identify them with something they're definitely not doing. (laughs) Uh, um, uh, Okay. So uh, back to the stat. The stat. I'm ready. I'm gonna get rocked. Here we go. Yeah. Games generated approximately 85% of mobile app market revenue in 2015. Oh, damn! (laughs) Representing. I wasn't even done. Oh, that's not it? I mean, that's part of it. Okay. That is staggering. Okay, yeah. Unto itself. Yeah, I told you I was going to be blown away. But, like, you know, watch out, Josh, because it's about to spike. Representing a total of 34.8 billion across the globe. (laughs) Oh, God. It's so many. Dan Norton has. It's all of them. Has died. It's like all of them. <laughs> all of the billions. It's uh, all. It's every billion all, there is. All thirty-four of them. There's no more billions. Uh, this is according to a report on the app economy by market researcher App Annie. App Annie, which is an organization, not just like a lady. Okay. <laughs> it sounds. It sounds. I mean, like the Wild West show, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, she shoots like you know over her shoulder with a mirror and. Yeah. So, uh, but so you know, the the clearly 
there's demand. Uh-huh. Clearly there is there are great great masses of people buying these games. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, it begs the question for me that I'm going to I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah. As a game studio. Yeah. As the game designer at a game studio. Yeah. Why haven't we done all that much? I think I know the answer, but our readers might not. Yeah. Well, <laughs> why haven't we done that much phone stuff? Um, the readers have posed a good question. I I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no. Uh so filament um a lot of filaments focus over the years has been on classrooms, like in making things that work in schools and formal learning environments. Mm-hmm. And there are a couple of ways that phones happen in schools, right? There's like bring your own device strategies or even distribution of, of phones inside the classroom strategy. So, yep. um, but those aren't large monolithic efforts by any means. And on top of that, uh, there's a lot of things that, you know, in terms of long-form play, uh, uh, really using aspects of, like, identity exploration and systems, mm-hmm. mobile games are really constraining in a lot of ways. You don't have a lot of room for a lot of interface. You don't have any, a lot of room for a lot of text. Um, usually you think about a condensed play experience that's, like, three or five minutes is, like, an ideal cycle, right, on a mobile device. Yep. Or it could even be a long, right? It's like... yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of things that don't make it your go-to best option if you're trying to create a digital learning experience. Mm -hmm. Um, none of them are like impassable barriers. Um, I would say, uh, interface and time on device are probably the two biggest for pushing against sort of the in the against what would be the easier ways to go with making a great learning game experience right yeah you know there's there's that element of like kind of as you've alluded to there that there's just simply not a lot of phones being you know distributed by the administration Mm -hmm. in a a school environment Uh, i know that like i i got into stock photography a couple years ago and the reason that i did is i was making I was. This was back when I was working uh, at a distri- uh, distribution company where we were doing a lot of presentations about the need for mobile device management in the classroom mm-hmm. and like tablet carts, that kind of thing. And I would go and look for stock photography of students using phones in the classroom. And all I would find is pictures of like a student looking ashamed with a flip phone as the teacher like berated them. Like this, oh, was, sure. this is like the accepted imagery uh-huh. of, of a phone in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And so there's, I think there's also just that stigma where it's like a yeah. phone is, is a less serious device than, yeah. a, than a tablet or a Chromebook or a laptop um, in terms of just being personal computing uh, or, or a personal computing tool, I should say. You've kind of pointed out, you know, a couple of those shortcomings of mobile in terms of interface and just, you know, the available depth that mm-hmm. you have to you. Uh, is there anything, is, are there any other kind of hurdles you can think of? Um, or, you know, how, like if you were going to design a mobile game that would work really well in the classroom, what do you, what do you think that would look like? Yeah. Well, I think one more hurdle the, and a big one that it actually stretches over to tablets is the nature of interaction, right? You know, mm-hmm. tablets... And phones pretty much let you poke at them as you're right 
Uh, so you have a, a that's actually that's one trope that I really enjoyed from Crashlands is instead of having any of the on-screen prompts say tap, everything says poke. Oh, does it? Oh, <laughs> yeah, nice. which yeah. I think is just ah. like a nice little cute accent. Anyway, yeah, there, yeah, and it's good stuff. It is good stuff. Um, but yeah, so tablets and phones, you poke. So you have you know this. Uh, well, I guess that's literally a two-dimensional array of choices. Of you could tap in different places on the screen, and that, right. that is like the funnel of interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas on a laptop or a tower computer, one of those netbooks, a netbook, you know, you've got all sorts of different buttons and a mouse, and more buttons on that mouse, and. <laughs> Uh, the array of ways that you can arrange interaction with the game can be very detailed and mm-hmm. give you a multi-dimensional way of thinking about how to futz with the game. Sure. Um, but when it's just poke, right, it's like, can you get all of the world's knowledge to be demonstratable through poking? Maybe is another way to think about it. That's It's tall. It's a tall order. It'd be like yeah. everything will be simplified ultimately through when and where you touch the screen. Yeah, what you, um, what the things that you jab at. Yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, it's certainly a mouse and keyboard are also reductionist, right? Mm-hmm. Those are not really doing things. But, you know, with on the other hand, like with things like the Rift coming out and these, you know, ridiculous looking walking pads to give you like an immersive sense of motion. Yeah, right. You know, there's uh there's a lot of stuff coming out to like expand the depth of interaction inside games uh right. and mobile and phone and mobile devices, the tablets, the tablets, you know, with the kids and their tablets. Uh it's pretty constraining. So uh, obviously we've made games that I think are successful mm-hmm. on tablet and phone layouts and you do poke them uh repeatedly to get what you want <laughs> yep uh but uh it's tough it's it's a, it's another it's another constraint to put on the list okay yeah. um so then you know um but but in terms of like kind of the second half of that question like how mm-hmm. would you think like what what would kind of an optimal use of that be you know like you're talking and you speak about kind of some of the successes that we've had Mm -hmm. making phone games like can you talk a little bit more about those sure uh we made a really cool game with an organization called x-step the game was called takeoff Mm -hmm. um and in that game it was about uh addition basic basic counting and and how to move numbers through the ones to the ten places uh so uh we actually built a lot of that game. The interactions originally came out of a, a look at the tactile activities of Montessori schools and mm. their use of counting with with uh, units and sticks that represent groups of units. Right. Um, and it's very physical. It's very touch. And that was sort of where we started. And the model we wound up using on the other side is, is fairly different, but... By, I think by originally saying, well, let's approach this problem as a tactile problem. So a problem that is something that you poke at until right. it's solved. <laughs> right. um, and working with that strategy, we were able to build some really nice interactions to support good math thinking uh, with touch as an advantage. Yeah. So that was good. I would, just would also like to mention like that the mission of that project, I think, is really, really cool. Just in terms of what they're trying to accomplish, yes. which is that, you know, the there's these populations that are underserved 
mm-hmm. uh, in India that this is where XStep is based out of Bangalore and uh, those populations don't have access to like a formal education track mm-hmm. as I understand it and so the idea is to basically provide them with like kind of low low-end devices that can give that this game will that is this game is optimized for where mm-hmm. it actually functions really well on these uh, even even less powerful hardware and then kind of give students this access or you know the learners this access to just basic numeracy and and that kind of thing so I think it's really cool yeah. it, it's a wonderful project yeah and also the mission of the game itself inside the game is really fantastic yes that as well uh in the game the premise in the game you have uh chickens who would like to go on vacation but since they lack the power of flight you need to arrange uh airline trips for them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's really good it's very whimsical yeah Yeah. and they're so you know how did we how did we arrive at chickens i don't remember man all right it was a wild night Uh, yeah Yeah, i'd like i remember that being a a heated discussion well, I think what's funny is that at some point the game uh, hinged around monsters and there was actually a fair amount of buy-in from everybody on that idea. Mm-hmm. And then I don't remember why it shifted, but at some point the metaphor for getting these things to get arranged the appropriate way onto this this surface, that's mm-hmm. sort of like the core thing is like build these numbers by filling seats, right? So right. at some point chickens getting onto an airplane made the most sense. And like... <laughs> because <laughs> we were like and, and to, it's funny to me is that like this is one of those things that like points to me that like reminds me that my brain is a weird place because like <laughs> this instantly made sense to me they're like oh we're gonna put chickens on there I was like well because they don't have the power of flight they need to go on a trip of course fantastic idea um, but to get everyone on board took lo- much much longer than I said yeah I was an early Early advocate. You're an early adopter. I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> of chickens on planes. <laughs> we know it. Uh, um, and actually, the big win was when we finally made like this really amazing short movie of mm-hmm. the of a chicken looking up at a travel poster with with limpid eyes, <laughs> just longing, know, longing to go on a trip. Uh, and that that movie, you know, like that movie, pretty much got everyone on board. They're like, oh yeah, okay, yeah. awesome, awesome. Yeah, that I, you know, working in a game studio, sometimes just like the high level description of what you've spent your day doing is a little bit absurd. Yeah, <laughs> and so yeah, there is there is that late night call where we are convincing everyone that it should be chickens on. It a should plane. definitely be chickens on a plane. <laughs> Get chickens on a plane. Oh, uh, too good. Because um, I need to go on vacation. <laughs> So, you know, um, to kind of cap, to put an, a lovely bow on yeah. our conversation about yeah. mobile games, um, what would you say is kind of unique about making mobile games? Like, what do you enjoy about that, you know, versus versus the other uh, mediums that we operate in? Um, I think maybe the most enjoyable thing about mobile is that uh, you're working with the devices that you know now or probably the most likely device that everyone's got full literacy and agency on. So mm-hmm. your impact proposition is really big, Ooh. right? If you can make a thing on mobile that, that really catches, then you'll know you'll be able to reach a lot of different people in a lot of different places. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's really exciting. Cool.
<laughs> you know, you're gonna you gotta you gotta spring on to me like in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> that's what you really should do. Yeah, next time I'm just gonna be like, wait. Yeah, that's it. You know, cut me off in mid sentence with that music. <laughs> now I'm jaded. I'm like, yeah, I know it's coming. I know it's a contronym. Sanguine. 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 I think I'm saying that correctly. Is it? I don't know. Sanguine. In my brain, I'm like sanguine. Sanguine. I, it's one of those words you read and then you put it in your brain. Sanguine. Yeah. I sanguine. Know. I was correct. Close to penguin. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have you ever seen the Benedict Cumberbatch thing where he tries to pronounce penguin? Uh, why can't he? I don't, I don't I never know. Under, I never understood why he could not. Pingwings. Pingwings. Yeah. He oh, just, man. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sanguings, yeah, sang- sanguings <laughs> can e- <laughs> can either mean confidently cheerful, uh huh, or bloodthirsty. Really, for real? I've never heard the bloodthirsty one. It's true, and I've been to a lot of parties where we use the word sanguine a lot. It can mean optimistic or positive, or yeah, that a, one, or a blood red color. It's true. Oh, it's S- the- sanguinary. Sanguinary. Yeah. Whoa. Mm-hmm. This one's out of my league, Brandon. <laughs> I'm I'm just a simple country designer. I don't I don't know your fancy this sanguinary is, well coloring. <clears throat> as a as a man with a doctorate in contronyms. <laughs> <laughs> Let me assure you of the accuracy of this contronym. Can you can you provide to me an example of sanguine for color? Yeah. Yeah, I like. So hey, like, that car's sanguine. So like, is that does that work? No, it's more. It, you know, it's the contexts where I've encountered it has uh-huh. usually been like some kind of fantasy game or novel where sure. they're talking about like an occult ritual. Yeah, and there's some kind of bloodletting involved. <laughs> See, I always thought that was like a placid, upbeat ritual. I guess <laughs> all these years. <laughs> An optimistic sacrifice. Yeah, it's got a good vibe. You know, we're going to kill this guy. You know, like in uh, uh, the Temple of Doom, right? Those guys were having fun with yep. the heart plunge, right? I mean, I guess yeah. that guy was not yeah. sanguine. No. I mean, he but was. everyone else was having a great time. That's true. I guess, yeah. yeah. They're all, you know, sacrifices are always a mixed bag for the, part- <laughs> for the participants. <laughs> uh, well. With with that, oh, that's so good. Um, it's like the opening for a pamphlet, you know. Like, so you're about to be sacrificed. <laughs> Page one. Uh, <laughs> Sacrifices are always a mixed bag <laughs> for the sacrifice. <laughs> uh, oh, that's amazing. On the one hand, anyway. No, I mean we don't need to belabor this. Okay, so sanguine. I still don't know if these are opposites. <sighs> They're not opposite. I mean, they're not polar opposites. Right, because a thing could be both. That's true. Yeah, it depends on how, like... Yeah, it's, I mean, a, it's, a, much... it's a weird day. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's a I don't think they're day. mutually exclusive. So Yeah, it depends on who's participating, really. Yeah. So while I, I really enjoyed talking about Sanguine, I think I'd actually have to rate this one like a, as a, with a D. All right. Because not only is it pretty obscure... Yeah. But I don't think it's actually mutually exclusive. Something can be sanguine and sanguine. When we rate this stuff, it's I don't know who should feel bad. <laughs> Is it like does does dailywritingtips.com feel bad about this? Does the You know what you did, Daily Writing Tips. <laughs> does the English language feel bad? I don't bad know. About I don't know. This? Yeah. I don't know. 
Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks, everybody. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Film and Games Podcast. If you'd like to hear more about games, game-based learning, and well-informed, accurate observations about sports and such, subscribe today on Stitcher or iTunes. 